Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. message has been like making a stew where you just kind of put it in the crock pot and it simmers all day. And then when you get home, it, it's just good and ready. and play. But the thing is, is that I am on social media. I don't do a whole lot with it. I probably do more with the church than I do my own account. But, the, oh boy, it is a cesspool out there right now. Between that and Twitter and all these other things, I've, I've tweeted and I've Facebooked and I gram every now and then. I don't know. But the thing is, is that there is so much about politics and and primarily my social feed is mostly of people that I've encountered in my ministry or in the fire department. And most people claim to go to church, but you couldn't tell it by the Facebook feeds. Man, there are so many times I just want to mm, let me tell you what I think. And then I think, no, I better not do that. It just kind of kept marinating and marinating until eventually everything that I wanted to say about the condition of what we're in today, I figured Scripture could do it best. And so I hope that it encourages you. I've I've tweaked it a little bit. It's not exactly what uh, was shared Tuesday, but I do know this. I know that whether you are watching at home or whether you are here today, this is a message for us today. It's a message for me today. And so the title of the message is, For You Are Children of the Light. Now, from the very beginning of creation, we have seen death take its toll on God's creation. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the entire world, including humanity, cursed by the penalty of sin. At that moment, eternal life with God was lost. Fellowship with God was broken. And the hook of desire for humans to control one another was set. So from that moment, we have all had to contend with the curse of sin and death. You see, death is inevitable for everyone. To live in a fallen world means we struggle with sin on a daily basis. We experience heartache. We experience pain. We witness natural disasters and staggering losses. I mean, when you look at the news and you see your own Capitol building being stormed, thinking, this is not our country. But it is. None of this that you see was God's original plan for us. But it is in his greater plan. You see, we fell from our original position in the Garden of Eden. And we now live in a fallen world. This, this world that Paul says in Romans 8, that the creation groans under the consequences of sin. He says that in Romans 8, 22. So all of that to set up this is that the reason for COVID-19, the reason for social injustice, for abortion, for hate, for politics, and the general state of our world at this moment is because of sin and death, because of that fall. The reason bad things happen to good people is because we live in a sinful world. The reason we have the death of our bodies is because we live in a sinful world. The reason there has been a death of our morality is because of our sinful world. The death of love for God and His Word is because we live in a fallen world. And a death of innocence, a death of love for others, and a death of hope is because we live in a fallen world. Now you'd be thinking, wow, James, can you get any darker? Well, my friends, we all know this, that yes, these days are dark. 
And they will get darker. But my friend, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the darker these days get, the brighter God wants you and I to shine. You may know, like yourself, that if you were to go out and you could catch it just right, you may see a reflection of the moon, but you won't see it like you do it at night. Because at night, the darkness shows the moon. At night, if you live in a city, you don't have the pleasure of being able to look up into the sky and see stars. But if you live out in Star Island, that's all you see, right? Or anywhere other, you know, out there in the country, wherever you may be. When you get out of the city lights, you see it so much more plainer. And my friends, it's time for us to shine. So let's jump into our scripture this morning. The first thing that we can know is that we can have hope while our world is dying around us. We can have hope while our world is dying around us. You see, there was a man, there's an actual story of a man who was a manager of a small company. And because he hires people all the time, um, he hires them for their first time full, well, I'll get it out. He usually hires people for their first full-time job. And so he gets to tell new employees that they have benefits. And one time he was trying to explain to a man how life insurance works, but the man seemed to be unhappy about that. It was almost as if he didn't even want life insurance. And so the person that was hired him said, hey, man, are you okay? Do you fully understand what's happening here? If you die, then your family will get a lot of money. Well, that a new employee finally was able to verbalize his concern. He said, yeah, but the truth is, I don't want to die. And I expect most of us feel this way, that even if we don't say it, we embrace life and we don't want to consider death. That is why, you know, I, that's, there's never, there's no replacing seeing a, uh, like a young child or a, a teenager being buried because what you will find there, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, and some of you have experienced this, is that if an older person dies, once everybody says their goodbyes and, and, and everybody, it, the graveside is over, about 10, 15, maybe 30 minutes later, people go on to their lives and try to piece things together. And then the workers will come in and, and finish, you know, making sure the body is lowered and, and, uh, and covered up and everything. And so most people just go on about their, their way and try to start piecing together their lives. But when it's a young person, when it's a, a very young person or even a teenager, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, the teenagers and some adults will stay there until the last bit of dirt is put on that grave. Because they're looking at something they can't believe. That why in the world, in, a, in, in, in this place that we call ourselves Christians, in this quote-unquote Christian nation, why is death allowed to happen to those that we love that are young that don't deserve it? And it's because we live in a fallen world. And believers, you can find hope today in the midst of all this junk that's out there, in the midst of all this division that's out there. You and I can find hope in death. There is hope in death. Through Christ that hopefully I can share with you today and you could share with your friends. Let me show you what I mean. In verses 13 through 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Or some translations say fallen asleep. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. 
We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Yes, my friend, I don't know how it's going to look, but I think it's going to be amazing when the dead in Christ shall rise no matter What kind of form they were left in, they will rise and be transformed from their decaying earthly bodies, whatever form they are, and will be transformed into their resurrected heavenly bodies right before our very eyes. It's not my opinion. It's not some scholar telling you that. This is God's word that we can take to the bank. And it says in verse 17, Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. Folks, though death may reign on this earth, it only reigns to the point to which God allows it to reign because His Son, Jesus Christ, has defeated death. When you sit there and look at the headstone, like Monday, Don and I have got what I've called the graveyard tour. We're going to go through uh, through the the graveyards of of all the people that we have lost in the last couple of years. Put flowers on the graves, and we are going to remember them. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be heart wrenching. But we are going to have hope because we know that we will see them again because of what God's word says here. And the reason you have hope when your friends and your family pass away that know the Lord because of this verse. So in the midst of death, while everything is crashing around us, we can have hope because we know that this is not the end. We as believers have hope in the midst of a dying world. For those who believe in Jesus Christ, (laughs) this is the only hell you're going to go through. Amen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, this is as bad as it gets. But if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, and you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior Lord, this is as good as it gets, and I feel sorry for you. Because it's only going to get worse. Instead of arguing over who is more right, who is more woke than the other person, maybe we should take God at His word and encourage one another With his words. The second thing that we see is that you know the truth. Talking to Christians, you know the truth. The day of the Lord is coming. First Thessalonians verses one or first Thessalonians chapter five, verses one through five. It says now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you for, you know, quite well that this day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly. Now, what's the difference between ignorance and, can I say, stupidity? What's the difference between ignorance and stupidity? Ignorance is not knowing something and doing it. Stupidity is knowing something, but doing it anyway. And so we see here, we see that now concerning all of these things, He says, I don't really need to write you because you know the day of the Lord is coming. So what he's telling you, believer, what he's telling me is, look, I'm just reminding you of what you already know. And he says in verse two, for, you know, quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. And when the people are saying (laughs) when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, 
then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. Look, I, I don't know what it's going to look like in the next couple of months, but I'm sure it's going to be portrayed as everything is, is a bouquet of roses. All your news reports and all, everybody will be, you know, holding hands and singing kumbaya. But just because there's a sense of peace, my friend, this world will never be at peace until Jesus returns. And he says in verse 4, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day we don't belong to darkness uh, because we don't belong to darkness and night. Folks, may I just say to you, my friends, that we don't need another news outlet or a social media feed to remind us of what's to come. Folks, we live in a nation that has sought to remove God from everything. Therefore, why are we surprised at the despair that is found in everything? People say, look, this whole God thing is a restrictive thing. This whole Bible thing is outdated. We know what's better for ourselves. We know how we can be a woke culture. We know how we can be an educated culture. We know how to do it better than God does. And this is what we're getting? Why are we surprised? We live in a nation that is sought to remove God. But as a believer, we know this, that we will never fully feel at home here. My friend, I hate to tell you this, but if you feel like this is your place and that this is as good as it gets, you may not be a believer because I'm telling you, we are not supposed to feel comfortable here. We are aliens and strangers here. Our residency is not here. Yes, I may have a a document, a social security card that says that I am a citizen of the United States of America, but my home is in heaven. And I hope that yours is too. We know that those apart from Christ will never fully understand those who are with Christ until they receive him. My friend, quit trying to think that everybody thinks like you think. They don't. It doesn't matter which news channel you decide to watch, which echo chamber you decide to watch, it tells you the news exactly like you want to hear it. Nobody tells just the truth anymore. Everything's got the spin on whatever will sell to their people that watch them. Jesus never, check this out, show me anywhere in Scripture that Jesus ever depended on any politician, any affiliation, or any organization to save people. Did Jesus ever do that? No. Jesus did not depend on the Democrats or the Republicans or the Black Lives Matters or the Proud Boys or whatever else labels you want to put on this. Jesus depended on his Father God and we depend on Jesus. So if you make that your main focus, then you're not going to have to worry about being woke enough, educated enough, right enough, cultural enough, and just start preaching Jesus. Because he never looked to the government to save him, and neither should we. We know the truth. We know that Jesus is ultimately our Savior and Lord. And we pray, we read our Bible, and we vote, and we repeat that cycle regardless of who wins. Look, if your candidate didn't win, I'm sorry. But the world's still spinning. And if your candidate did win, I'm so happy for you. 
but the world is still spinning. Politics will shift from election to election, and each side gets nastier. So what, we, what do we do? We do not belong to the night or the darkness. That's what the scripture said. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. We must stand for what we believe, but we also must believe in the God who we stand for. What do we do if we say that we believe in God, but we don't think that he will back us up? What do we do when we say, yes, we're a Christian, we go to church, but I'm not going to get behind what the scripture says. If we're going to stand on God's word, we need to believe God's word when he says what he says. Well, the third thing is, well, before I get to that, I would say, and I say this with love. I really do, and I say this for myself, too. And, you know, I talk all about, you know, you can go into any Hardee's or any restaurant, McDonald's or fast food restaurant, and there will be a group of people drinking coffee and solving the world's problems. Or you can get on uh, social media and you see an exhaustive list of people that think that they have the answer for everything that's going on and why everything is wrong. The conspiracy theories that are out there and the fact that probably all of this was propagated by aliens, I'm sure, is somewhere. But the truth of the matter is, look, when you and your Christian brothers and sisters come together and you get in your little holy huddles and you talk about how bad this world is and how out of control this world is and how there is no hope and how that we, we all should just dig our heads in the sand and just just wait for all this to get over. Where is the faith in that? Where is God in that? Where is your hope in that? If you stand on God's word, know that God stands with you. As a believer in being children of the light, we don't need to drink the Kool-Aid. We don't need to be like everybody else. We don't need to argue. We don't need to prove our point. God's word has proven his point when his son, Jesus Christ, came to the earth, lived a sinless life, died for your sins, died for my sins, rose again, beat death, and will return for us once again. Amen? Hello? The third thing we see, it's time to get up and build instead of sit back and complain. First Thessalonians 5, 6 to 11 says, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. <laughs> when I think of that, I think of when I used to be a youth pastor and uh, we do youth retreats. Some of y'all remember youth retreats. And if you were a sixth grader, especially a sixth grade male, you didn't sleep that first night. Because you knew everybody's going to mess with you. Didn't get much sleep at all. Unless you were lucky enough to be the one that did the messing, right? Now, we don't allow that nowadays. That's called hazing and that's wrong and, and that's, that's not politically correct. But it happened. And so you would, you would sit there all night. And you would just kind of one eye open, one eye closed. And just kind of wait for whatever to happen. I remember uh, one kid. He, he's now grown and, and doing real well for himself. But... In his first youth retreat, he brought his suitcase, and he had like triple locks on every zipper. I mean, <laughs> they weren't going to get in his stuff. He would only take a shower when everybody else was gone, and he did everything that he could to uh, to hide from all of that. And, and I'd like to say that he was successful, but I think a few things may have uh, conspired. Not saying that someone would have tied a teddy bear to a rope. And slung it across the bunk room at night in the dark. 
and pull it back just to mess with somebody. Not that that would ever happen, but it did. I mean, those were, were harmless things. But the truth of the matter is, is this. Folks, we need to be on our guard and not asleep like others. We are in probably one of the most critical times for churches and for Christians to stand up and be the darkness or be the light in the darkness. And we're just all look like Eeyore off of uh, um, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, everything is so bad. I don't even want to get up in the morning. Where's the hope in that, folks? It says here to be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Another word for that is be sober. Night is a time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of salvation. I wish if you have your Bible or you're doing it on the phone, highlight that that verse or underline that verse or write down that verse. It's right there in verse eight, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of salvation. For God chose to save us through the Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour his anger out on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, We can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. So what should we do according to this passage? Folks, we must live the difference. We must live the difference. Christians must not look past their mirror when trying to place blame on the condition of our world. The Bible says we must be clear-headed, sober, and self-controlled. Folks, you cannot control this world. Listen to me. You have no, do you have a, a secret switch in your closet at home that has the control levers like Oz, where you can control what goes on in this world? No! You can't control this world. But you can control how you respond to it. That is on you. What happens in the world is on God, but how you respond to it is on you. So quit trying to blame everybody else. Elected officials, whether you like them or not, Trump is not the enemy. Biden is not the enemy. Pelosi is not the enemy. Schumer or all those other names that I don't even want to remember right now. Yes, they have power in government. I don't want to take away that. And I'm full. I'm not saying you usurp the government. I am full into the government. I pay into Social Security. I vote. I obey the law. I pay my taxes. I do everything. And we all should, as Christians, do what the law or the the the, the law of the land de- declares, unless it is not according to God's word. And so my thing here is that don't get mad if your person lost. Don't get Joyful if you're person one, knowing that this, it was not literally Trump's fault that we're in this. He has some blame, but so does everybody else on every other side of the aisle. It's not all Pelosi's problem or Schumer's problem because they were part of this. Even in local politics, even in Homeland Park Water Commission, there's not going to be things that you always agree with. But the truth of the matter is, is that elected officials are representations of the culture that put them in there. Think about it this way. 
the last couple of elections we have, I found myself saying, this is the best we got. Now, look, I'm not throwing shade on any of them, but really, this is the best that we've got. They are a representation of the culture that is putting them in. And we as Christians live in that culture. And conservative views and values will never get a fair shake. We should never be surprised. You never know. One day, the social media giants may shut down church feeds. They may tell us we can't promote certain biblical principles. And, hey, look, if if we get banned off of Twitter because we're preaching the Bible, the Bible's still going to be true, and the Bible is still going to go forth because people have been trying to kill, burn, and get rid of the Bible for centuries, and it is still the bestseller today because it is active. It is, leave, it is breathing and it is living. It is the word of God. Folks, we don't we need to be like everyone else. And we don't need to be liked by everyone else. We must be self-controlled and let the love of Christ speak louder in our life than our sinful desire to hate. You realize when you show hate, whether it be on social media or in person, when you show hate, you are playing into your sinful desire. That's the way you were wired. So for a Christian to show hate, not only are they given into the way they are wired, they are being disobedient to what God has called them to do. We've got to be careful, folks. We must be self-controlled. And then go back to verse 8. Look, we have to armor up. We have to armor up. Put the armor of faith and love and a helmet of hope of salvation on. Look, a soldier wouldn't dream of going into battle Without his or her helmet, gun, and communications. A firefighter wouldn't dream of running into a burning building without their gear. Or a police officer running to a gunfight without their vest or a weapon. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do not try taking a stand for your political position or social justice cause without the armor of God. This goes for you in your conversations This goes for you in your media posts. This goes for you in your everyday outlook. Check this out. He gives us right here what we need to get through these days as individuals. Put on your armor. Faith in God. What is that? Your faith in God will keep you focused on God in the midst of all this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. (coughs) I I decided a a couple months ago that I was just going to. Not really, I mean, I was like getting up, turning on the news channel, eating it, drinking it, sleeping it, and and just my quality of life was going down the tubes. And then when I would see some of the people that that I love and and have had relationships with for years, all of a sudden just kind of go off on rants, and I'm like, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? But people are just wanting to jump in and be part of the conversation. But when I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to start reading my Bible more than I read the news in my social feed. I'm going to start praying more than watching the news. And I'm going to invest in God's Word. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if I've fixed anything, but I sure have helped my own outlook. Because I'm armoring up. And I encourage you to do the same. Your faith in God keeps you focused on God. It says put on love because love is truth, not tolerance. Folks, do not get them mixed up. The world will tell you that if you are tolerant, you are showing love. But what is funny about tolerance is it only goes one way. People will be all about tolerance as long as you agree with them. But if you disagree with them, 
(laughs) For lack of a better term, they won't tolerate that. In the helmet of salvation, do not let Satan get in your head. Even right now, I'm sure many of you are like, I'm... I can see it on your face. Some of you are like the Charlie Brown kids. The teacher's teaching. You got to ask yourself, why? Why am I drifting? What? What's happening here? It's because the devil doesn't want you to hear that he wants to get in your head because he knows, just like an animal, if you can turn the animal's head, the body will follow. So if Satan can get your head turned in the wrong direction, he knows the rest of you will follow. Many of you, including myself over the years, have said, how in the world did I get to where I am right now? And it's usually because something grabbed my attention and got in my head. But the thing about the helmet of salvation is your confidence is found in your salvation. My friend, if you do not have salvation, if Jesus Christ has not saved you from your sins, You will not have the confidence to stand for Him. Look, one day, I'm not trying to be cavalier about this, but one day they may, they may do like, they actually did this several years ago, and and I think it was over on the West Coast, but there was, I think San Francisco or somewhere like that, they told the pastors, look, we need eight months of your sermon manuscripts, and we're going to look over those to see if you're doing any hate speech. Now that conservatives and Republicans are being deemed domestic terrorists, there could come a day to where they say, good old preachers here right in Anderson, South Carolina, please submit your your uh, six months of your sermons to the federal office, and they're going to look through it to see if you're propagating any hate speech. And oh boy, if there's anything about tolerance or gender or homosexuality or government, you can guarantee that this place will be shut down. And that's okay. Because... If I can't stand in God's word, I can't stand at all. And if you can't stand in God's word, you can't stand at all. I'm not one of those alarmists to say, oh, it's going to get so much worse. It may. But whether it gets worse or better, God is in control. God's, the whole world is in God's hand and you are in God's hand. He loves you. He knows you by name so much that even every hair on your head, he knows the number of those. And for me, that's getting fewer and fewer. I don't want to take a shower anymore because I see hair in the drain instead of my head. But hey, that's part of life, right? That's part of the death process. Well, let me finish this thing up. Whether you are awake or asleep, We may live together with him. And then he says this a couple of times in the passages we looked this morning. Be an encourager. That's what I try to do. Whether it be personally with y'all or people I come into contact with or even on social media. I try to be an encourager. Why is that? Look at what verse 11 says. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. My friends, if you are on Facebook today or if you are in your holy huddle when you go to lunch and you talk about how bad this world is in, how is that encouraging other brothers and sisters? I mean, think about it. If you're in a restaurant talking about how bad the world is and there is somebody across the table from you or across, like in another table that's hearing you talk and they know that you just came from church and they're going, they hear a bunch of Christians whining about how bad it is, what are they going to see? 
they're going to see a bunch of people that are whining about how bad it is. Instead of Christians that say, you know what, this is not what we like, but we're going to stand anyway. We're going to have hope. We're going to have faith. And my friends, I want you, if God willing, that when you walk out of this sanctuary today, if you are a believer in Christ, you can hold your head high, you can put your heart out, and you can put one foot in front of the other because God has got your back. Because you have the armor of God. And because you don't have to be like these mindless drones that depend on likes and Facebook feeds and follows and retweets to justify themselves. You are a child of God. And you are a child of the light. Be an encourager. This dying world is discouraging enough without Christians complaining, fighting, and making it worse. Stand up for what you believe, but make sure that Jesus is in the center of it. Because if he is not, then you are worshiping an idol. Folks, don't put patriotism above salvation. Don't rejoice or replace God's grace with a political party. Don't demonize those you disagree with. Love them. And finally, we are children of the light. I'll tell you this. Jesus is coming back. We have hope and we have the answer. Encourage other believers who have lost hope. Make the gospel your battle cry. Wave his flag. Love God and love others. As verse 5 says, you are children of the light and children of the day. Let's go shine. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, that in these crazy days where things do not make sense, time and time again, your word and your Holy Spirit puts us in line with your will. And Lord, there are people in here today or people that are watching through our Facebook Live post that they are really upset and discouraged and fearful of today and what is to come. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not excited about it. But I know this, it doesn't change the fact that you love us, that you are in control. And whether it gets better or worse, that we are in the palm of your hands. And as bad as it gets here, it's going to get better. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, there are people here in this world today that have placed their faith in a politician or a celebrity or a system that is failing them. God, you have never failed. Your son, Jesus Christ, came to us who we didn't even want him. But yet he died for our sins so that we could be with you. If there's a person that has no hope today and not sure of their relationship with you, if the Bible is just a book that they don't understand and they don't have the Holy Spirit to interpret for them, or they just have a sense of hopelessness, I pray they not leave today or not... Log off today without leaving a comment or if they're here staying behind for us to take a moment to pray and to make sure that by the end of this message, they are believers in you. Or maybe there's somebody here today that is a Christian and would just say, look, I've been tossed to and fro with all this stuff going on. I pray that their salvation gives them the backbone that you have provided for them. To where they can stand, they can trust, and more importantly, they can love and shine. Whatever happens today, Lord, may you get the glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.